Ball hit deep in the left center field. Wise back, back. Makes the catch! What a play! Wade Wise makes the catch! What a play by Wise! Mercy! This is the Shoeless Goat Podcast. Brent Brown drops the ball! He drops the ball! Three runs will score! You gotta be paping me! What in the hell are you doing? Hello and welcome back to the Shoeless Goat Podcast. We're a Cubs, White Sox, and MLB podcast. I'm your host, Nick. I'm joined again back from his crusade of the Middle East to convert White Sox fans all over the world. Patrick Bovard. Pat, how are you? You know what, Nick? I'm doing pretty good. Had a good time out there. And, you know, contrary to popular belief, I didn't watch uh, much baseball when I was there, which was great because I got to miss all the Twitter meltdowns. Uh, you know, kind of losing regular season games when players were resting. I got to miss all that. I just woke up, saw what the score was. For a brief moment in time there, it was a great way to go about the dog days of September. Yeah, you know, admittedly, I'm uh, right there with you. I'm kind of in full Bears mode right now, as any good Cub fan should be. But in any case, we will still find things to talk about. This is our playoff kind of home stretch. Maybe not playoff preview per se, but maybe the the, the home stretch, the playoff push episode, as you will. As uh, we start to wind down this this full regular season for the first time in, in almost two years. And a lot to be excited about on the South side, a lot to talk about in regards to the potential for, um, you know, the rest of the league as well. Obviously Cubs not going to be partaking, but still a lot of interesting storylines. So Pat scale of one to 10, even though it's been kind of a, kind of a, not even not a limp to the playoffs for the Sox, but they've just been ahead for so long. But in any case, how excited are you? I mean, it's, I mean, to put things in perspective, this is going to be their first division championship and their first time in the playoffs after a full season since we were freshmen in high school. So that kind of puts things into perspective a little bit there. Back then I was still in the, you know, uh, I don't know, the glory days, the golden haze of uh, 05. And then three years later, it was 08. Would have made the playoffs in 06 if there was two wildcard teams. So that was probably one of the best three-year stretches in White Sox baseball. But here we are now 13 years later, and it's finally about to happen again. I basically have cleared my calendar throughout October. Uh, I have basically nothing on the schedule. All the weekends are open. Pretty much if the White Sox are playing, that's what I'm going to be doing. So I uh, finally got the playoff tickets in the account too. So I would say, honestly, just it's been so long. This is going to be a fun month, assuming it doesn't fizzle out in the first weekend. But uh, of that, we'll see. Yeah, we'll certainly get into it. Also, I just wanted to make a note of this. Um, Pat, I think you picked the best time to head out east because you missed – the most dominant stretch of baseball the Cubs have played all year, which was a seven-game win streak. And it was on the backs of guys like Frank uh, Schwindel and Patrick Wisdom uh, hitting absolute bombs left and right. They had a three, uh, they had a two Grand Slam game in a game in which three Grand Slams were hit, all of which to take the lead from both sides of uh, both sides of the game. Uh, so look, I know we weren't, you know, we weren't expecting anything from the Cubs, but they showed us something and something to be excited about. With that being said, I do want to do a little Cubs talk before we really get into it. And that is about those two guys I just mentioned, Frank Schwindel and, and Patrick Wisdom, as my stats load. Uh, Patrick Wisdom actually just broke the Cubs rookie record for 27 home runs. Um, although he is 30 years old, still counts. Uh, so he passed up, you know, guys like Sammy Sosa. So it, it's, or not Sammy Sosa, I'm sorry. But and I'm trying to remember who's even on that White list Sox anymore. Rookie. Yeah, I was going to say White Sox. Yeah, but he passed up some guys, who knows. Um, but in, in any case, um, 
it's great to see guys like that. Uh, and then Schwindel is betting, you know, he's only played in 44 games, but he's batting 363, which is uh, seemingly unsustainable, but he just keeps going. So we'll keep taking it 13 home runs on the year as well. Just wanted to mention about these guys is, you know, don't let the, don't let it be fooled that these guys are the future of the franchise. It's they're great stories and they may be, um, you know, solid role players from, for, you know, a couple of years going forward if they decide to sign these guys long-term. Um, but in any case, by the time the Cubs are ready to compete again, these guys are going to be like 33 and 34. Um, so I think to put a lot of excitement behind these guys is almost a mistake, but you know, it's better than having no players playing like that. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, you would think the Cubs probably aren't going the route of a complete teardown given who they kind of went after in some of those trades, but or not teardown. That's the wrong word. What I'm looking for more is like, you know, just from the bottom up type rebuild, but you need somebody to get you through those down years. It's kind of like the Daniel Polka 2018 for the White Sox. Like you didn't turn into anything, but those 25 home runs, whatever it was that year in the fourth place finish and the rookie of the year was fun and kind of got you through a terrible season where there was, wasn't really much else to talk about. So anything like that is appreciated in years like that. I think that's the perfect comp, the, the Polka mania comp for sure. <laughs> what Yerman um, could have been. What, <laughs> there's still time. I hope we don't see him again this year. That would be something somewhere along the way went horribly, horribly wrong. Yeah, no, exactly. But in any case, just wanted to mention those guys um, from the day-to-day perspective, anything socks worthy of talking about before we get into the weeks ahead? I mean, I feel like the past week, it's pretty much been more of the same. It's you get some games, Texas series, is, or I guess both of them are perfect uh, uh, encapsulations of this. You either get the offense exploding for like, seven or more runs or you get no offense and you lose a close game like angels they won nine three lost one two lost three to nine texas they uh won eight zero lost i believe two to one and then the final game was seven to two so either their offense is going off and they're winning or they're wasting good pitching performances hard to tell what you're going to see i saw a tweet from jason benetti uh i think it was jason benetti this morning uh the white Sox have had three games this year where their main six of anderson abreu moncada uh eloy grandall and I'm missing someone there. I knew Abreu. Did I say Abreu? Maybe. Whatever it is. Their main six. I should know this, but uh, their main six. When they've played together, it's been three games, and they've averaged 11.3 runs in those three games. Not to say they're going to do that in the playoffs when they all play, but it just kind of puts into perspective a lot of the things they've been dealing with over the course of the season. So got to hope the offense shows up. You don't really know until October rolls around. Other than that, for the Sox, really the only big story was uh, outside of the playoff push was uh, – Shohei Otani getting hit by a pitch with two outs in the ninth inning in the last game of the Angels series by Mike Wright on a down and away fastball at 90 miles an hour on a 2-1 count that Otani jumped back into. And then Mike Wright got ejected. Tony La Russa came out to argue that he got ejected. And then Tony La Russa got suspended a game. Mike Wright got suspended three games. Jose Abreu had to go in and play third for that last out of the game. It was just an absolute mess. And just kind of, I don't know, for me, that was pretty ridiculous of a way to go. The Sox earlier in a game earlier that series had three guys get hit, including Luis Robert get hit in the head. And there were no warnings given to any angels pitchers. So it doesn't really make sense where that came from other than they're just protecting the golden boy, but uh, is what it is, I guess. Uh, they certainly weren't protecting the golden boy because Tatis was not playing for the angels, but in any case, <laughs> but in any case, no, I agree with you. I mean, when you're, when you're looking at uh, maybe ejection, maybe, you know, you have an umpire yeah, feeling, mean, a little, feeling a little jumpy. That's fine, I guess. But when the league comes later, reassesses the situation, and then comes back and says, yep, suspension worthy, that kind of – that doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, you have to look at the situation of the game. You know? Two outs in the ninth. Yeah. It's like, then, wow, in a 9-3 game. Yeah. And a 2-1 count. But, I mean, 
Uh, LaRusso made the point they had been pitching him in all series and like, no, he hadn't gotten hit before then. It's not like, you know, we go back a few months, a game I was at against Cleveland where Jose Abreu in the first, his first at bat of the game was hit. And then later in the game, first pitch of the at bat, Karen check hits him in the head. Uh, nobody got thrown out for that. So kind of weird how they're protecting one potential presumable MVP, but not last year's in the current reigning MVP. Protect, or I should say guard James Karen check at all costs. Okay. We will, he's a guardian of us all. <laughs> uh, but in any case, no, I, I, I think that's pretty crazy. But I think we the meat of this episode truly should be, um, you know, the what ifs of the last couple of weeks playoff scenarios, albeit slim, there's going to be a few surprises. So um, as it stands right now, we've got division leaders in Tampa, Chicago White Sox, Houston Astros. Um, pretty interesting in the NL East with Atlanta only up two games on Philly. Um, and the, and uh, I have some things to say about the Mets too. Milwaukee has <laughs> Milwaukee has already clinched the Central. Um, San Francisco and LA clinch playoff spots, although a game between them to decide who actually uh, gets to avoid the wild card game. So it's crazy to think that I mean, there's no there's no better candidate for manager of the year than than Gabe Kapler in San Francisco because nobody had them winning like 80 games at all. It's crazy what they've done and sustained it. Everyone's like, when is it going to stop? And it just never did. So I, you know, how do you not cheer? Even especially as Cubs fans, how do you not cheer for the Giants like with Chris Bryant and everything like that? Uh, but in any case, the one thing I do want to say about the NL East race is it's, um, you know, Harper has played himself into a, a possible MVP candidacy. There's a really good argument for it. But if you just looked at these last two weeks so that we've been off air, like Twitter in general, and you didn't look at the standings, you would think the Mets were consistently a half game out of it. Because yep. the, the highlights are everywhere. The the the, the drama, the everything, the, you know, the, every single play is microanalyzed. And then you look at the standings and realize that they're four games under 500 and, you know, three and a half games out of the wild card or something, you know, like they're, they're not, they're not a good team. Like I just, it just kept blowing my mind. Like I would be on Twitter and I would see Met stuff everywhere. And then I'll be like, Oh my God, they must be really, you know, Javi must be doing something. They must really be coming back into it and just look. And they're just like, you know, four or five games better than the Cubs. Yeah. Which it's, it's, like it's it's just wild how quickly they fell apart. I think at one point the Mets had like an eighty percent percentage to make the playoffs, and now they're like not even going to be in the conversation. Which I mean, how, how much of that is from guys like Degrom and Syndergaard missing almost all of the year? I think I saw was it A Rod maybe, which I can't believe I'm citing A Rod here, but he's uh, Carrasco, Degrom, and Syndergaard have twenty two starts between the three of them on the year. Yeesh. Yeah, so, now yeah, not gonna not gonna lead to much success. No, I think it's because um, of the thumbs down. Uh, to the fans is why the, the energy at City Field. Yeah, it's the hobby curse. I don't see that the re- the rac- there. And I mean, it's been forgotten at this point, but like the whole raccoon versus rat thing earlier in the year, that oh, also yeah. happened with the same team. Just a bizarre team. It's, I don't know. It, it's, it's always them. It's always the Mets. Yeah, it's because they're, they're just – they're a very poorly run organization. And even when they put the best talent they possibly can out there, that's the kind of stuff that takes the headlines. Yeah, Um, that's the best way to describe it. Yeah. All right. So I'm just going to be throwing out questions to you. I have some of the answers in my head already. But let's start with the National League and the wild card because we obviously, you know, you obviously care way more about the American League because it directly impacts the White Sox. So we're going to make you wait. Um, But in any case, right now, as the standings uh, look, and this is recorded on Monday, um, the Dodgers are, you know, obviously have clinched either a wild card spot or a division spot, but they are 16 games up 
as the leader and would host the wildcard game, which I, man, how do you not start Max Scherzer in that game if that's the scenario? Um, but in any case, St. Louis has made a run. The Cardinals, um, you know, are playing probably the best baseball out of anybody right now. have won eight in a row as of Monday and are three games up on teams like Cincinnati, uh, three and a half up on Philly and three and a half up on San Diego. So the first question being that last spot is the only one that's up for grabs. Which of those three teams, Cincinnati, Philly, or San Diego, do you think has a shot to make a last second run and steal that spot from St. Louis? For me, it's Philly. I think just of those three teams, San Diego, I just think the mojo is gone unless they turn it around really quick. But like when you think, when you really think about it, there's like relying on Jake Arietta to make starts for them. And you're not get, you shouldn't be a playoff team in 2021 when that happens. And as an aside, if we go back to the, the preview episode this year, I predicted the Padres not to make the playoffs. So I want to pat myself on the back for that. Uh, flip side of that is I predicted the Cubs and I think the Mets to get a wild, the two wild card spots. So we're not going to talk about that side of the coin, but in any event, I would say Philly. I think when you got a player playing like Bryce Harper is, that's pretty much like an, a historic season right now that it's going to be a shame if he doesn't end up getting the MVP, but he's at least right there, especially with how much Tatis has fallen off. I, you got to give it to the team that has a player like that. Cause Cincinnati, I just, I don't see them really going on much of a run here at the end. Uh, if anybody's going get, to get the Cardinals out of there, I, for me, it's Philly. Yeah, I think Cincinnati kind of used all their juice in August, and it was quite the run. But now they're three of seven, uh, three and seven in their last ten. Um, I agree with you; it's Philly. And what I want to see is Zach Wheeler start in a wild card game against the Dodgers, because that could be that'd be fun, pretty insane um, to see the Dodgers pretty legitimately have a shot of getting eliminated in a one game series. Um, but no one's pitching better than Max Scherzer right now. So um, I like, I, you know, that's what, that's the matchup you look for in that one game playoff. I mean, come on, yeah, Max Scherzer, you can't Zach that. Wheeler, unbelievable. Um, so I would like to see that if Philly doesn't win their division and then you have the, you know, the Braves or the Cardinals possibly taking that last spot. But, you know, like I said, a lot of scenarios. Um, so let's go to the next one. I'm going I'm, I'm to say but, the Cardinals hundred percent are winning that game. If they get in there. Th- oh yeah. I don't know if we're going to get to that later. Obviously, this is like a whole extended episode of last questions I haven't seen or heard before. Mm-hmm. But if the Cardinals get in, they're winning the wild card game because there's nothing that would be more St. Louis Cardinals than that happening. I get I'm out of the country for two weeks and I come back and all of a sudden they're in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, they they probably you know the Cardinal faithful would probably um, pay for you to stay over there if uh, <laughs> if they knew the scenario as a whole. If we had a, if we had a larger following, it was keep keep I'm Pat. Like- in, make, in you know Dubai for the entirety of the playoffs. I'll make some calls down uh, down to my network for my days in St. Louis. Yeah, get the get the LinkedIn fired up again. Um, but but in a, I'm I'm assuming Cardinal fans are on LinkedIn, which is an absurd stretch. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, let's go to the American League now. Obviously, Tampa um, is in a really strong position to. Um, to have the best record, um, at least in the uh, American League, and have that top seed there. Then you have Houston, currently at 88 and 61, and the Chicago White Sox, obviously about three and a half back with 85 wins. There's no scenario, realistically, unless something crazy happens, in which um, Houston and, and the White Sox don't face off. But I'm going to go back to our wild card scenarios. We have a lot tighter of a race, and it's a lot more exciting. Uh, so Boston currently holds the top wildcard spot and they are only one game ahead of, ahead of Toronto, who is only one and a half ahead of the Yankees, who is only half ahead of the A's 
and the A's are only two games up on Seattle. So all four of those te- or five of those teams vying for two spots with just over, you know, a handful of games left to go. Let's just put it this way. Who's making the wild card? AL, I'm, I, I think at this point, I, I really like Toronto in there. They've just been playing so hot lately. I mean, they got in any other year, probably the MVP in Vlad and in almost any other year besides taking out, I mean, take out Vlad, take out Otani. Pretty much any other year, Semyon's also the MVP. So they got to those two guys. They've been playing really well lately. Just the offense is there where I just think that they're going to hold on to that spot. Um, the second one, I'm going to go with Oakland. It doesn't seem like it would be likely, especially because they're three games back of Boston. But just Oakland always seems to get that lucky voodoo magic at the end of at the end of September. So I don't really have much basis to say it. I haven't watched any Oakland baseball in months at this point. But to me, they just scream of a team that's going to sneak in there, kind of like the Cardinals, of course, coming in and getting that second wild card spot. I want to say Seattle just, uh, you know, for the fun of it. But uh, unfortunately, their run differential doesn't match up with the fun differential. Uh, I, they're they're not going to make a run. You know, I've actually never heard that term. I know you didn't invent it. No, that was uh, Scott's service. Oh, okay. They yeah, they uh, asked about like you know you have a negative run differential. And he's like, you know what we lead the league in fun differential. I love that former Cub and former LinkedIn player profile uh, by true. the way, Scott Service. So um, we'll take that. But in any case, I like the Toronto pick a lot. But I also I. I you know, I'm, I'm going to go Boston, actually. Um, and I think Toronto will host the game and win the game. The amount of juice that will be in that stadium oh, yeah. if Toronto is hosting the game, especially against Boston, um, will be electric. But uh, that's not going to be a pitching game. That's going to nope. be a, an, an eight to six game. Um, and give me a Vladdy walk off and, and inject that right into my veins, um, only to have a matchup of. Uh, Against Tampa, I guess, which is two very opposite teams. Tampa using the um, you know the analytics and and Toronto saying we're just going to hit bombs. So I'd love to see how that that happens in a, in a five game series. No, I mean I think you make a great point about the atmosphere because you think back to like what 2014, 2015, some of those playoff games there with obviously there's the Batista home run with the bat flip, the Edwin Encarnacion walk off in the wild card. Like there's a lot of fun games in the playoffs in Toronto this past decade. Yeah, no. And like I said, that place is going to be juiced up. Um, They've got all the young guns. They're ahead of schedule, Um, especially, um, you know, like two months ago, they weren't really in it. Now they're right in the thick of it. So um, I think they could even beat Tampa, honestly, because what we saw last year is we saw uh, Tampa using um, full full season strategies in small sample sizes and it bit him in the ass. Um, And that doesn't play well against a team like Toronto who, who literally will just turn a mistake into the most, you know, yeah. the catastrophic outcome. So if you make one mistake, I mean, you may lose that game. Yeah. It just comes down to the offense. If they're hidden, I don't know if there's anybody that can beat them. I mean, White Sox are a similar way when they're hitting, but like just the offense top to bottom in that lineup is ridiculous. So if they're hot going in the playoffs, that's going to be tough, especially like, I feel the same way. Like Tampa Bay always just has that no stars like roster that somehow works. And I don't understand how it works or why it works. Um, I guess now they have Nelson Cruz, but like other than that, like there's really not a lot there that some of these other teams have. So I, w- I, I mean, I'd say they're primed for an upset, but you know, Tampa always seems to find a way to at least get close. But uh, I don't know. Guess we'll see. It, it should be fun though. That's what I'm, I'm hoping to. I'm thinking Toronto gets out of the wild card game, but we'll see what happens. I just, I, I don't want the Yankees to like back in and then get through it or something. That's just, I don't want to see that. 
Yeah, I mean, I I like it from a Joey Gallo perspective just to see him get a shot, um, to hit some bombs and not hit anything but in the home run uh, in the um in the in the playoffs. But in any case, um, moving on now, um, we're gonna look at division leaders. Um, back to the National League right now, it's it's just such a weird combination of division leaders right now with the Giants, the Brewers, and uh, Atlanta. So assuming the White Sox go on this major run and get to the World Series, who are you most afraid of and who would you like to play the most of those three teams? I think most afraid of is an extremely easy answer. It's Milwaukee. Yeah, I don't agreed. think I, I think Milwaukee's the most dangerous team in the playoffs. Like their offense isn't like fantastic. There's a lot of teams with better offenses. But I mean, when you can trot out Peralta, uh, Peralta, Burns, and uh, why am I forgetting his name? Wood, what the Woodruff? Why, why, why yeah, is that? Why was I blanking on that? I would have <laughs> helped you, you, but I forgot when, it too. When you, I was about to say Woodman, but in any event, when you can trot those three guys out in a, in a playoff series, especially in a division series, but even once you get more to the LCS in the World Series at our best seven, you can't really compete with that. Like, no one else is anything close to that. And those are all three, like, Burns, I think, should win the Cy Young. Uh, the other two aren't far behind. You, you just can't really get much better than that, especially them with a the bullpen. You have Hader in the back of that bullpen. It's just it, they are a very dangerous team. That's like kind of the recipe the Nationals followed two years ago to get to the to get to the championship. But they're easily the team I don't want to play. I don't want to see them. I'd like to see them get bounced. Teams that, in terms of the team, I would most like to say see. I'm going with whoever wins the NL East. I I like I want to say the Giants just because kind of like with the Rays, I don't understand how they've gotten to where they are this year. Like they didn't have to rebuild. They basically just patched together a bunch of veterans and it's resulted in the best record in baseball by far out of nowhere. But but like, it's just, they've been good for so long. It's hard to say you want to play them. It's just for me. I don't know. Whoever gets out of the NL East, just give me the weakest one there. Yeah. So you're going Braves in that one. I mean, no Acuna or is Acuna even back? I don't know. I know he's been injured. He might be out, out for the, yeah, I think he's out for the year. Yeah, it's, I kind of figured out. I, like I said, I haven't been watching a whole lot of it. We're in full football yep. mode. But in any case, we're a baseball podcast, so we, we will we will trudge on. Um, but in any case, uh, I just want to comment the fact that you thought his name was Woodman was the most either angry dad or 670 to score caller I can't mistake ever. Yeah, we can't. you can't head off this Woodman guy. What, you, they got this Woodman's guy out there. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just – you probably like that. That was what going through my thought process. I was saying that like somebody calling this was like, what's this guy's name? Yeah, for sure. Um, no, and I, I agree. Um, you don't want to see Milwaukee. You'd probably most likely want to see Atlanta uh, by your, your account. You're going to see this, the Cardinals, but <laughs> in any case um, now hopping over to, uh, I guess the American league. Um what do you? I guess we already know your answer to this is who's the scariest team. It's of course the White Sox. Uh, uh, easily. Then who who's going to go the furthest? Of course the White Sox. But um, how do you like the chances? Would you rather have caught the the Astros in a in a best of five or a best of seven? Uh, I for me it depends on if the White Sox are able to pass them. If they don't have home field advantage, I'd rather have it be a best of seven just because. I think I'm just getting nightmares of what happened at Minute Maid Park this year uh, when the White Sox went there and got swept in four games. Obviously, like just comparing the White Sox then to now with the guys that they were missing isn't really a apples to apples comparison. And you had weird things happening like Lance Lynn and Giolito, I believe, both getting lit up in that in that uh, series. But I don't know. I, I'd rather would have got them in the best of seven. But if you're saying I have to face them or the Rays in the DS, I'd 
it, it, I mean, it, it's basically just pick your poison at that point. Um, like I said, the Rays always find a way. I do think, though, that the White Sox, the way they looked against the Astros at the in July uh, was a lot more promising at home. Um, they get, they're probably not going to catch the Astros, so I'm assuming they're going to be on the road. But ultimately in that series, it's going to come down to what team has better hitting. I think that's going to be it. And you don't really know that until the playoffs start. So I don't know. I'm going in with like not much stress just because it's like, I haven't seen this in 13 years. You'll be stressed when it gets closer. Don't you worry. Uh, yeah. I say that now two weeks out. Yeah. But in any case, um, I had something I was going to ask you as well. Um, but it's, it's kind of slipping me for a second. Hold on. Let me see if I can get it back. This is my Woodman moment of the episode. <laughs> if you, if you will, I, I was going to make a crack here. It is, was that, the best part about playing the Astros in a best of five series is you can't get swept in four games. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, the last time the White Sox played the Astros in the playoffs, you know what happened? I, uh, I, I do. I was, uh, I was a very, I was a disappointed fifth grader. <laughs> in any event though, pretty much at this point, almost no matter who the White Sox get in the first round, especially assuming it's Houston, that will be the first time in franchise history. They have ever played the same team in the playoffs more than once. Well, it has that's... never happened. 121 years, uh, 10 playoff appearances. They, we're not going to talk about that part. 10 different opponents, or not 10, but they've never played the same team twice. Wow. Well, <laughs> fascinating <laughs> stuff, let me tell you. Okay, uh, now into the meat and the potatoes of it. Who's coming out of the National League to face your White Sox bat? Because I already Brewers. know your answer to the other. You think yeah. the Brewers are doing it? Yeah. Um, Do I, I mean, just refer back to my rant, like, three minutes ago. That's why I think so. It's just that pitching is just frightening to me. I would, dude, I'd have to cheer for the White Sox in that one. Brewers fans are so obnoxious. <laughs> like, like I, and I don't want to, right. It's like, cause then you like, you look like that yeah. fair weather fan, but it's like, honestly, when you look at rivalries, I hate the Cardinals and the Brewers mm-hmm. more than I hate the White Sox. Cause yeah. I only play you guys six guys, six times out of the year. And the games don't mean anything 90% of the time. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, I, I don't know if like the twit, if the Twins were to get to the World Series against the Cubs, I'd probably just wear like the MLB logo hat. Well, I mean, Pat, now I'm going to check you on this. You were you were a quiet, quiet supporter of the Cleveland I words in 2016 because you well, didn't say it. You didn't say anything. I didn't say that anything was... publicly. The thing here's here's the thing there though, where I was coming from there. Looking back, the White Sox had one World Series in my lifetime. The Cubs hit zero. As long as that state, I had bragging rights. Now that the Cubs won one, it doesn't matter. I don't care if they get there again. Like, I'm not going to be as against it just because I didn't want the first one to happen. But so, now it's it. So now, I just, <laughs> now I guess I take that back. Assuming the White Sox win one in these next couple of years, then the advantage is back there. And then that kind of probably throws that theory into whack, but out of whack. You know, you know, the average lifespan of American male is about 74 and a half years. So you are just hoping that during your 74 and a half plus years, that your friends who are Cub fans never got to see a World Series is what you're what's the, what you're telling me. I mean, most people born in the last hundred some years, that was true. Very much so. I mean, same with the White Sox; they went 88 years, which nobody ever talks about. But I'm not going to get into the little brother syndrome right now. Yeah. Anyway, um, I, um, I, you know, it's hard to say that the Dodgers aren't going to. Um, to meet the whites. Well, I, I, I'm not picking the white Sox. I'm picking the Astros. I'm sorry, Pat. Um, and I, I, I see a, uh, I see a Dodgers Astros um, rematch, if you will. Um, but in any case, they, that is assuming that the Dodgers win the division. Um, because of course, 
that hot wildcard team might just steal one, especially if it's Philly, if you ask me. Um, so that's that's my take on it. I don't have the White Sox getting out of the first round. I think yeah. it's in four games. But, uh, you know, I've been wrong before. I got it in three. No, I'm kidding. Okay. You have him losing in three? No. Nah. Oh, Jesus Christ. No, I'd, I'd go – I don't know. If I really had to pick the series, which I'm sure we'll get more into that in a future episode, as of right now, I would say I'll go I'll go five. I'll be respectful. Okay. Love to see that. Okay. A um, few more questions, and then that will probably call. We've pretty much talked to these standings to death, but in any case, we have – two teams or three teams, I should say that are, um, well, let's, let's dig a little deeper. I'm just going to go with, yeah, two, three teams, Philadelphia, San Diego, and Seattle. Do any of these teams win their division next year? Uh, I, if you had to, if I had to give a yes, no right now, I'm going to say no. I, I don't think San Diego is going to get there next year. Like they, I, I mean, I thought they were going to be better this year, but I still thought the Dodgers would be on them. And now the Giants have passed them. So that's fun for them. Uh, their pitching is a mess. I don't see that getting fixed necessarily in the offseason unless like you Darvish and Blake Snell turn it around. And they're going to have to get start shutting some contract there. People have been talking about like Hosmer, Will Myers. Somebody's got to go. Um, Philly, I just, the NL East is so weird and the Braves are just so good and so young that I don't see them winning that division. Wild card, definitely, I think they're in it, but division, no. I. I mean, if I had to pick one to be most likely, I'd probably say Seattle just because, I mean, the Astros could be losing like guys like Correa. Uh, I don't remember if Verlander's free agent or not. I think Frankie might be. Not positive, but, I mean, the, the Mariners at least have that, like, young talent that's on the ascent that they could have a big year next year. Kind of like the White Sox last year, Blue Jays this year, something along those lines. So if, I'm going to say no, but if one ha- I had to pick one, I'd go with the Mariners. The boys in corporate will be very happy with that uh, that, that decision. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I tend to agree with you on, on all accounts. Um, think alike. Of course. Now, Pat, I've, I'm definitely um, I'm giving you a little bit of happiness to end your episode. Who is the World Series MVP? World Series MVP. That's okay. So I'm assuming the Sox are playing the Brewers. Then I'm gonna. If they get there, I'm going to assume just with that pitching, there's not a lot of offense in that series. So I'm going to go with Lucas Giolito. Two starts, two wins. Look at that. And a save? I, I mean, is it 2014? It's a feeling like 2014. I don't know. I I could see it happening. I Probably not, though. I mean, I, I mean, although the bullpen's been kind of falling apart. But that's who I'm going with. If I had to pick an offensive player, it's hard to pick anybody but Tim Anderson, just the way he's come up big uh, in games this year. I mean, and by big in games this year, I mean the field of dreams. Uh, but I would say it's going to be whoever starts game one, and to me, that's Giolito. I think I think he's going to have a big postseason. You saw it last year in Oakland where he almost threw a perfect game through six innings. Facing Milwaukee, not going to be much offense. It's going to come down to who is the better starting pitching. Fair enough. All right, I think that's a good spot to close out our uh, our lightning round or episode our playoff push episode exhausted uh, oh i know um i think we'll have a playoff preview episode as soon as the final standings and then we can actually talk about the actual matchups instead of making these speculations when uh seattle has overtaken the astros to play the white Sox, who would then have home field advantage something like that they're only um, eight games back so mathematically it could happen i'm just saying 
I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Uh, in any case, Pat, thank you for being a good sport, even when I was giving you some digs. Thanks for, uh, it's good to be back, I should say, back, yep. on, back on air. Uh, so we're going to start putting these episodes. You can see our mean mugs on YouTube eventually once we figure out how to do that. Also, you can still listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and uh, on SanChicago.com. Pat, thank you so much. Uh, we're on the home stretch, so I can say this only a few more times, at least while the Cubs are still in action. Go Cubs, go White Sox, go MLB. And remember, especially when they're in the wildcard game, Yadi Molina is not a Hall of Famer. Have a great week. Same old place, sweet home, Chicago.